Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm super. She is super, and I am natural today. And oh. I will be the Dr. Junkie. You are definitely well, you're, a junkie. You're going to have to be a junkie ninja. Junkie ninja. Dr. Junkie ninja. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we are the Supernatural, supernatural junkies. junkies. Coming at you. Good news, everyone. What? We have a new channel called the Supernatural Junkies on Rumble. That's amazing. What? How do they find us on Rumble? Well, first of all, instead of searching for videos, search for channels. Look up Supernatural Junkies, and there we are. That's awesome. You guys got to check it out. God bless you guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Supernatural Junkies. We have an exciting episode here today. I'm Dr. Kevin with me. And, and I am very, very natural today. He is. He's natural. I guess I'm the super junkie. There's no self-tanner going on today There's at all. There's a lot of self-tanner on him going on right now. It's a little streaky. It's very, very My husband is, is very natural, white. Natural, well-blended. <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. I didn't want to say anything. I was Yes, I was, I was noticing, like, did I only do one <laughs> side of my head today? I, what happened? See, I, I don't, don't want to blind people with my <laughs> head, you know? I mean. <laughs> it, it's a little orange. It's a little orange. Just a little orange. Yeah, it's fine, though. It's good. <laughs> he, he does fake tanner. I, I don't. I try and stay out of the sun. But that's my husband anyway. But she buys it for me. So that I means do. she's I'm, supporting I this. am supporting his bad habits. That's bad. I'm enabling him. I'm an enabler. What can I say? We also have a very special guest today. We have retired Brigadier General James E. McLean with us today. He's going to talk wow, to us. Oh, she got the E in there. I did get the E in there. What does the E stand for, sir? Oh, gosh. That's private information. Oh, Wait I'm a sorry. second. Hold on. I have to charge for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, my grandfather's name was an E. It was Uvert. And um, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Very, I've very, never met another very, Uvert. No, I'm, actually, my middle name is Ennis. Oh, e okay. E-N-N-I-S. Nice. Yep. All right. See, that's also a very different E name. There aren't many of those either, right? And um, he has a lot of positions. He's going to tell us a little bit more about what he does, but he is the National Director of Faith of County Citizens Defending Freedom. Did I get that right? You got it right. That's great. Yes. And we're going to talk more about that. So if you're like, what does that mean? What is that? We are going to talk about that in just a little bit. But I would like you, Jim, to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Anything that you want to let us know? Oh, golly. Well, uh, no, I just um, very, very thankful to be here, guys. Thank you for having me on board. Um, It's a privilege to take the opportunity to share with you uh, what's going on with County Citizens Defending Freedom and the efforts that we're doing uh, within the state of Florida and other states to indeed uh, support and defend the freedom and the liberties of Americans. Well, we are all about that. Anybody that's listened to our podcast knows that. So go on, Kevin. What I was going to say is, anytime we can get a general on the show, I what do you think we're sure. going to? You think we're going to say no to that? Because right. we all have questions for generals, and of course, we wish we had a call in right now. But uh, so you guys will have to do with our best questions. But well, first we want to thank him for his service. Yes, yeah, so we want to thank you for your so service much because freedom is not free. And and then just the idea, you know, that Jim is here. He is working so hard to get people to stand up for their own freedoms in this country and around the world. And so this is exactly 
the heart of what we're trying. We love to hear this kind of stuff. So uh, I guess my first question for you, Jim, was uh, what, did, what really got you into the military? So um, great question. Um, I am a man of faith. Uh, however, I was not always a man of faith. Um, I, I di- was not a, a child of God growing up, uh, just the opposite. Um, and so uh, I believe it was truly a God thing. Um, I uh, was signed up to go to college. All of a sudden, out of the blue, I got afraid of going to college. I know, bizarre, um, but you won't, you'll understand in you a second. You know, the dorms are scary. I'll tell you. <laughs> the food oh, they, I heard. This was a while. This was many years ago, by the way. Um, but uh, so um, in, in a in a effort to run away from college, I enlisted in the Air Force. Um, turns out that um, I found Jesus Christ in a big way in basic training. Wow. Uh, a miraculous, wonderful, amazing event. Um, and uh, it literally transformed my life. And from that point forward, it has been a journey with my Lord Jesus Christ mm. that has taken us just from victory to victory to victory. Wow. Um, of course, yeah. ups and downs in life, like as always. Uh, but for I and my family, uh, that uh, I believe the Lord brought me into the military. Now, I will say my father was also in the military. So I had experience with that. So he didn't consider it rebellion when you went in, right? <laughs> so no, but, but they were a bit surprised that I did such a radical uh, vector change right. out of college uh, into the Is military. Is that a military term, vector change? It's an Air Force. It's an Air Force term. Yeah, it's an Air Force term. I so, sense that. It's Air Force Day, by the way. Just so you know. Okay. And oh, by the way, the Air Force's birthday was the sept- September the eighteenth. So oh, we're very, well, we're very close. Happy birthday, My father was in the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, what's interesting is my dad's career in the Air Force, uh, very successful. But I did not want to be a part of the military because I saw everything my dad had to go through. Wow. And what do you mean by that? So military life is not easy. Um, it is especially difficult for families. Wow. Um, you know, think about this. Uh, my, between my family and I, we've, we've moved so many times over a 36-year career. Wow. Uh, our, my average assignment was two years oh, wow. or a little bit less, uh, depending on the scenario. Um, and so for an entire family to relocate anywhere around the world that much is extremely stressful. Mm. Hard on the kids, too. It's extremely so difficult. On, yeah, it's extremely difficult on families. Um, and I tell folks all the time, yes, we should, we should uh, give honor to our military veterans, but we also need to really give honor to our military families. Amen. Amen. Because yeah, we um, always stress that. I, I will tell you this. Um, you know, as I went to assignment to assignment, there was a structure for me to fit into very quickly. But there was no structure for my wife to fit into. Right. So everywhere we moved, every time we moved, my wife had to kind of make her own way because often I was not at home. Right. So there you go. And, you know, just as a personal note, as someone who's moved a lot, you know, um, it, it's very hard as an adult and as an adult woman to make friends and to feel welcome and to start that so uh, that had to be so hard because th- that's one of the hardest things that as an adult moving so much and as a child we did too but as an adult woman that's been one of the more difficult things is building those lasting you don't have that structure you know you hear people that like I've been friends with this person you know since we went to school when you have life like that in military family you don't have that you don't have that background you don't have those kinds of friendships because you're constantly moving yeah it's extremely difficult um to establish long-term relationships we do have long-term friends but um but yeah it's very very difficult um because you know that from the point you step into an assignment especially as a senior officer um that it won't be long until you're you're moving again 
Yeah. Um, and then the second piece of that for spouses is that, you know, the military has expectations of spouses. Mm. And so it's not just that you have to move and restart your entire life uh, at a new location, but there's also expectations that you're going to do and conduct certain things. Mm. And that's extremely difficult. It's a whole other dimension on top of just having to relocate. So I'm hearing you say that we need to pray for the military's families, not just for the people that serve in those families, but they're for their entire family. Absolutely. No question. They're serving too. No question. Yeah, that's great. Um, I have a, wait, I have a question because you can't say that you have this miraculous come to Jesus moment and not tell us about that come to Jesus moment because we have to hear that. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, um, like I said, um, I was raised in a good home. I had great parents, um, but uh, I was not a Christian. I would not say that we as a family were practicing Christians at all. Um, but again, my parents were the traditional, you know, Ten Commandment, let's do what's right. But we didn't include faith a- as a dimension of that, really. Mm-hmm. So I did not know the Lord. Um, and um, when I went into the military, uh, it was one night about 3 o'clock in the morning. We have a thing called dorm guard. And this is when I enlisted, um, where at night someone has to guard the front door. Okay. Mm against somebody intruding, and they try to intrude just to mess with you. So here I was in the middle of a, of a, a long, dark hall with one little light bulb lit above the door, and I thought to myself, uh, as someone who did not know God, I said, I said, you know, in a matter of just a week, my entire world has changed. Uh, in, a, in this short period of time, I no longer have with me my, my girlfriend, my car, my clothes, my family, or my hair. I'm try, still trying to get my hair back. <laughs> but in any case, I, I asked myself in the depth of my heart, what in life can I depend on? And literally in that moment, um, the Lord slash Holy Spirit spoke to me in practically an audible voice. Wow. And said, Jim, if you will follow me, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Now, this is coming from someone who had no real biblical knowledge, yet it was literally, I, I, from repeating what was told to me in my heart, I, could, I literally quoted the scripture. Yep. Wow. So, um, wow, praise God. So, um, I gave mm. my life to Jesus Christ that very moment. Mm. I really had no idea what it meant, mm. um, but I did. So um, that Sunday when we went to chapel, instead of sleeping in the back row like I normally did, I went up front afterwards and said, I, I want this Jesus thing. Wow. They immediately ran me down, down, got me baptized, started that journey. Um, and uh, it's just <laughs> been one amazing thing after the next. Mm. Um, and I was very blessed and very mm. fortunate to have the opportunity to get connected with some mighty mm. men of, and women of God. Uh, throughout my life that really formed uh, this aspect of understanding that as Christians, uh, mm. this life we live is victorious and that, uh, that uh, indeed we, we can overcome through the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Our Amen. Testimony. That's and I'm amazing. I want to say this. If you're out there and you're looking for a word from the Lord, God is still talking to people today. Amen. He has a word for you today in this podcast, in your life. God can talk, and he does. And you see people that he has changed their lives so dramatically with just one simple word from heaven. So we we all need that word from the Amen. Lord. Amen. 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 So, Jim, when I think about, you know, the military, I think about, okay, 
I would love to know some of the hats you had to wear, and then also how did you land in the, the brigadier general position? Sure. Well, let me back up and first of all say that, um, you know, uh, th I was in the military for 36 years. Um, I enlisted in the Air Force originally, went into aircraft maintenance, into what's called electronic warfare. Uh, did that. Again, found the Lord in basic training. Uh, the Lord very quickly turned my heart from a place of fear of, of education in the future and, and stepping out to one of, no, I, I'm, I want to do more. And so um, as a young enlisted man, I applied to go to the Air Force Academy, uh, got accepted, uh, went to the academy, started in uh, there and, um, and then graduated in 1986 as a human factors engineer, um, and then started down the journey of being in a military officer, was on the line side, a line officer, a combat officer for many years uh, as an engineer. Uh, and then there was a point in time where the Air Force was looking, or I should say the Air Force Medical Service was looking for human factors type engineers to kind of come into the medical side of the house mm. as physiologists to do more of what we do on the medical side and the physiological side. Um, and so I, I got pulled into that, did it, and then transitioned to becoming a biomedical sciences corps officer, uh, which is a medical officer. Not, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm a biomedical science corps officer and then started the rest of my career in that venue. So that's kind of the, the journey. Um, <clears throat> when you look at uh, becoming a general, um, no one should ever go into the military thinking they're going to become a general. Um, you really don't have that control. And I would mention that like becoming like a professional YouTuber or yeah. <laughs> an influencer, an NFL athlete. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So no, um, you know, in, in the, in any form of leadership, cause that's really what the military historically, let me use the word historically has been all about is developing leadership. Um, if you go into any leadership role thinking that you're just going to be the boss, someday, then that's really <laughs> not the perspective we want you to have. Humility, yeah. um, service before self. My wife is going to tell me I have to go to the military. I can feel this coming. Oh. <laughs> I might be too late for you, Kevin. I yeah. think 35 is the well, limit. Well, I lost brother. the hair a while ago. So yeah, so no, you're, that going you, for you me. do great. Uh, so what, what it is is this. You do your best throughout your career. Um, you, you do your best all the time. Mm -hmm. And as you develop in your career, um, you will, by either God's grace, in my case, or through the military, and it's really both, uh, will be put in, a, in, in greater and greater leadership roles. And as you perform in those roles, you are constantly assessed in the military whether, it, whether you should be advanced or not advanced in that leadership function. Hmm. And by the end game, if, if the Air Force determines that you should be a general, the Air Force will make that assessment. You, you really don't have any say at all. In fact, wow. uh, and the percentage of people that make general officer in the military is literally a m small, small, small fraction of a percentage. Right. Um, and again, people will say, well, I was going to go for general, but I decided not to. Well, no, actually, that's technically not true. Right. Um, you really don't control that. <laughs> um, and if you make it, great. If you don't, that's okay, too. And the last thing I'll say is this, is remember that the military is what we call, or used to call, an upper-out system. Um, the Air Force cannot promote everybody. It cannot. Our force structure is like a pyramid, mm -hmm. right? So every year, the military 
um, does not promote good people. Not because they're, they're not good, just because they were in the rack and stack for that promotion cycle, they simply weren't at the top, tippy top of the stack. Right. right. So we, we, we kick out good people all the time. And it's very traumatic. Um, but again, uh, whether you're promoted or not in the military not, not, does not necessarily mean that you're either a good or bad person. It's just a very competitive uh, process. And, you know, by the grace of God, you succeed or you don't. And that's okay. Mm. So I know for myself, you know, when you look at hiring people, people that have a military background, I mean, let's just be honest, that's a plus for me. <laughs> I think for a lot of people, because you see that they have so many of these other skills, you know, involved right. that, that just are completely lacking. You know, you might go through lots of people before you find people with that. Yeah. So how true. did you know when it was time to get out? Oh, so for me, it was very, very easy. Um, so um, in our, in the structure at the time, as a biomedical sciences corps officer, the highest position that I could obtain was brigadier general. That was how the structure was set up. Um, and it's, it, it's changed a little bit now, which is great. Uh, but uh, when I took the position, um, I, I already knew that I would serve that position for a, a determined period of time. And unless something radically different happened, I would, I would be retiring at a certain point. So in our case, I had essentially reached the glass ceiling of where I could be at and realize in the Biomedical Sciences Corps, because we only have one Brigadier General position in the whole Air Force, if, if we don't cycle those people in or out, right. we have now stopped the progression, the progression process. And you don't want to do that because you want people to have the motivation of potentially obtaining that position or rank. That's right. Makes a great sense. Makes yeah. great Wouldn't this like be really great applications to our politicians? <laughs> oh, please. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of term limits. Um, no question. And, you know, and since you mentioned, I got to say one thing real quick. So I think one of the challenges of the military and the challenges of our entire government is careerism. Right. Um, you know, um, we have many good men and women in our government and in our military um, but we also have many that are not. Um, and unfortunately, careerism has really skewed the aspect of leadership. Right. Because too many people now are pursuing a career versus being a true leader mm -hmm. and making the decisions that a true leader would make, even if it has a negative impact on your career. Well, and you know, I, you see this, this is a, so many effects to our country and you can see this happen in our country and I'm sure it is happening in the military. Uh, you know, so when you got out, what was that like and how long did it take you to kind of find the path you're on now? Sure. Well, I, I'm a little bit of a, of a different uh, scenario. I actually had a medical um, uh, injury in the military, which uh, dramatically impacted my ability uh, to function. Um, and so I uh, post retirement from the military which was wonderful, by the way. I enjoyed it uh, and, and had a wonderful, wonderful group of people that I worked with and a wonderful organization um, and a lot of camaraderie. Um, Post-retirement, I went through a, a, a period that, of recovery uh, that did not allow me to do a whole lot. 
Um, I did indeed have some positions. So this was torturous for you. <laughs> I yeah. Can see this <laughs> yeah. Well, I did a, did a major gear change, but but here this is where the beauty of God in your life is. Um, even when I became injured, um, and at the moment it happened, I realized this was not good. Um, God gave me amazing peace. I, hmm. I didn't I didn't fret over it a second. Wow. Um, and through the post-recovery, which, by the way, uh, very painful, hmm. um, uh, uh, God always gave me peace and rest. So I have actually always been at peace hmm. in every dimension. And I think part of that is knowing that I have a purpose. Wow. And even though I, I may not understand it all, hmm. um, God has always had that in my heart, that no matter what happens in my life, whether I succeed or fail, whether I live in a mansion or I live in a ditch, um, I have a purpose. And God has never, ever taken away that purpose. So therefore, as I transition through aspects of life, God's, it's okay. God's yeah. got that plan. And, and God has always been faithful to lead me to the next step. And I believe actually CCDF USA, for me, was the next step. And you could even argue that had I not had this injury, I may not have ever connected with CCDF USA. Wow. So tell us about that. Tell us about CCDF. So CCDF, County Citizens Defending Freedom USA, is a wonderful organization. Um, it's based out of Central Florida. Um, our founders are, are wonderful, wonderful men of God who saw the, the need for engagement in our society. They realized that we were truly, as a nation, under attack. And this word engagement is like a code word for something else? No, no, no. So, listen, uh, you know, some people think that uh, that we are, you know, militia or whatever. No, we're, we're, we are simply, just like the name says, we are citizens standing up and defending our freedom. Amen. And so, you know, what CCDF is, is CCDF really is just a professional nonprofit organization that's focused on local communities to provide the tools and support needed to empower citizens to defend their constitutional rights. Yeah. That's what we do. And um, we, although we have a national organization and I'm on the national team, um, we, our, our focus is to have counties develop chapters where each one of those counties now mirrors the functions of national um, and has an effect on local government and local culture and local communities. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do that is because um, we understand and believe that that is indeed where we can have the largest effect in, in rescuing America from the cancer that has infected us. Mm -hmm. um, and we have, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to go too long, but we have really some key areas that we focus on. That was my next question. Oh, okay, great. Um, so the key areas that we focus on county by county by county is, first of all, our school system and getting our school system to focus on what, what really our education should be and focusing on uh, upholding the truth and righteousness that our Constitution and our, and our, uh, our, our true society says we should be. So there's so much perversion in our, our school system today, we, we fight against that. Second of all, we also uh, support election integrity. So we look at the election process, election systems, and ensure that we are identifying and exposing any aspect of, of an election process or a candidate that does not follow the concept of integrity. 
along those same lines, we also um, look at and pursue um, financial support issues, what we would call corrupt or dark money, because this is something that dramatically influences not only politics, uh, but community actions, businesses, you name it. So, so much is built on uh, people getting paid off to do something that's really not good for our society mm. um, versus doing what's right. Um, so that's our three main areas we do on a daily basis. And then we also have a faith division, which is what I lead. And in our faith division, why we, why we do this is because we also know and we understand that if we don't get, and I'll use a medical term, if we don't inject godly moral values back into our culture and to our governance, nothing will be fixed. Right. It is those moral values. In fact, our forefathers made it crystal clear that our current constitution is incapable of governing a nation that is not a moral nation. So that's the piece that I focus on is getting us back into that dimension. And we do it through three quick legs. One, we focus on getting all citizens to understand what are our constitutional rights. We promote um, the Patriot Academy's Biblical Citizenship course and the Constitution Alive course, and you can get it on patriotacademy.com. You can do it free online, or we also encourage people to do it in their homes and in their churches. It's a great course, phenomenal course. Second, we encourage and promote uh, pastors to attend um, Liberty Pastors. It's run by Paul Blair. Uh, Liberty Pastors Ministry, which is an education training program and support structure that allows pastors now to engage and support our spiritual freedoms and liberties in, in, in our nation, right? Because we know that through pastors and churches, we have a very, very powerful ability to influence culture. And that's really the end game. We want to influence culture so that we can get those moral values pushed back into our system and establish the expectation that those uh, moral values will be upheld. And then the final thing is we also promote what we call a moral compass coalitions or Christian coalitions region by region, uh, which is a formation of pastors and spiritual leaders who now will group together to uphold and maintain positions with governments and also in the marketplace that they have the expectation that those governments will uphold our constitutional rights and the moral code that our government requires. Well, you know, the, when we go back to some of the other stuff you do with the schools, you know, we had multiple people on, and uh, some of those episodes we've had, you know, seven, 8,000 people download talking about what's happening in our schools. And, of course, a lot of people are aware of the sexual nature uh, and how our children are really being hijacked you know, when they, they really, when they're children, they're not even, you know, male nor female. That doesn't happen until puberty starts. And here they are, you know, asking them questions that are impossible for them to even answer. Certainly. Or shouldn't have to deal with. Or you planting know, we, ideas. Yeah, and we've, Certainly. You know, yeah, we've talked about the... Uh, conditioning them. The, uh, of course, the, the CRT, critical race theory. So, you know, so some of those issues are, are such hot buttons. And I know uh, both of us support our Protect Our Children project here in, in Florida. But what are some of the other um, issues you've seen come up with the schooling side? Yeah, so um, uh, all, everything you just said is the kind of things we support. Um, we, uh, we know that children are the most vulnerable part of our society. Um, from a spiritual perspective, uh, we know that this battle uh, is between good and evil. Mm -hmm. 
no question, where the good rep is God and the evil is, is Satan, right. no, no question whatsoever. Um, and we know that because there's, there's really too much documentation of the plan of the, the satanic people and the, and the Marxist communists, which is really tied to Satanism, and what their plans are to destroy our culture. And we could talk about that more later on. So, yeah, I know we're going to cover some of that in the next episode, but you're right. If you look into the world, you can see these people are advertising. They, yeah. they put it in writing what they're actually planning to do to us. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, um, uh, when you look at um, any school board, and, of course, with COVID, uh, one of the benefits was parents finally got a chance to actually see the perversion in our school system. Yes. So the, the normal average thinking human being would say that if a school board had all these parents being so resistant to the perversion that's entered into our system, school boards would say, you know what? It's an easy thing. We would be heroes if we just responded to the call of our parents and did what they asked. That's right. However... They push back and resist uh, in a way that implies a maniacal agenda. Well, and you can see that was the case also for Disney. If they're really a company Absolutely. that's designed to make money, why would they lose billions and billions of dollars? Correct. Right? Saying that we are going to teach this to your children. Correct. Yeah. So, and, and that's a long discussion about what, what is in their mind. Right. Uh, however, um, uh, Back to your original question. So at CCDF, we look at literally all dimensions of the school system. Anytime that they are violating either federal, state code, or doing anything that violates God's moral law. Okay? Right. So, for example, looking right now, we have a, a, a significant effort looking at the, the books in schools uh, that truly are perverted whether they're perverted enough that they violate Florida state code of what is considered uh, pornography and illegal or not, uh, and then also uh, just simply representing to boards that, you know, there are certain books that shouldn't be read by anybody. And it's kind right. of actually very interesting that we will have people who will read actually verbiage from these books during school boards, and the school boards will ask them not to say that because it's so, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so offensive and inflammatory. Right, and so if you read some of these books, they are just off the chart. So, um, so we look at that. We look at any dimension of that because, again, our goal is to defend the constitutional liberties of our citizens and also uphold that godly moral standard, which indeed is the foundation of our nation. Well, you have to remember, in some of what you're saying, the saying goes, "Silence is an acquiesce." And That's right. You know, and that's true. If we don't say anything, it's like saying, it's okay. We don't mind. It's fine. Because that is how silence is interpreted. And that's when absolutely. you can't be afraid to stand up and a say something. Absolutely. Well, you know, so yeah. I mean, so as an engineer, you know, we have this thing called the law of entropy, right? And what the law of entropy says is that if, if you don't add energy, if you don't mm -hmm. come in and, and add an affect to anything, it will fall apart. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, body so, in motion tends to stay in motion. Uh, body well, at rest stays at rest. Right. right. Yep. So those are actually some different laws, but that's okay. Right. No, no, that's yeah. fine. It's all good. Um, so the bottom line is that even nature, the laws of nature and nature's God tell us that if we don't engage mm -hmm. 
and, and add energy, God's energy and God's truth to any situation, it's going to fall apart and it's going to be taken over by non-godly factors. So here's, here's what I like to tell people. As a parent, there's one thing you have to go back to over and over and over, and that is train up the child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And every parent knows that that is your hope. Right, because you know they're going to hit those teenager years just like you did, and you might walk right up into your mom and dad's face, and you might give them an earful, and you might tell them how you know better than they do. But the Bible says that the way children work, the way you direct a society, the way people will eventually go is based upon what happens when they're a child. Mm -hmm. And Satan knows this better than any of us. He's the one who truly believes that because this is why they have targeted your children. This is why they are on the school board. This is why they are writing they're the teachers. books. Right? They're teachers. They're I mean, teachers. There was, it was a concerted effort to get certain types of teachers that would go along with this agenda. That's, the school's infiltrated by this i yep. mean let's say you know one of the books they said i i was just listening to was they're reading a book called i am jazz and it's about the first girl on tlc first girl i say girl quotes um who at 13 or 14 years old i mean even younger than that she had a twin brother she decided she was a girl right even though they were both boys right so i'm just confused how to refer to jazz but so jazz has a show on tlc and she, it's been going on for years and so she wrote this book and it's directed specifically at five and six-year-olds Right. right. This is I am Jazz. <clears throat> and it talks about her journey. But she what she doesn't tell you is she she leaves out the part to where she has been on puberty blockers since she was eleven years old, so therefore her male parts did not completely grow. They were so tiny. But her parents decided to go ahead and let her have the transition surgery before she was seventeen years old, I believe. And um because of these puberty blockers and those parts didn't grow like normal. They didn't have enough skin. And she was the first surgery, I think, of its kind, doing it on a young person. And so it was guesswork. We, I, I just want to say, as a parent, would you sign your child to be the first ever for them to attempt this type of surgery? Would you sign your child up and be like, hey, pick my kid? That is just disgusting. But it gets worse. Because the parts that she's not telling you in the book is that because she didn't have parts large enough for them to actually make the girl part that they needed to, that during the surgery, they were confused as what to do. They sort of had to guess and stitch something together. After the surgery, it ended up splitting wide open and causing her more issues and excruciating pain, as you can imagine, right? Because that's your very delicate parts, right? Very sensitive. Excruciating pain she is still dealing with. They had to put stretchers in the skin and all sorts of weirdness that she had to wear for a year. I don't even know if she's entirely fixed yet, and this girl's in college. Yeah. But it's interesting that her book, I Am Jazz, talks about all these great things. What it doesn't tell you is, is the horrifying. horror that this girl had been mutilated. Yes. And and then whatever experimented they... Experimented on. Oh, totally. And whatever they experimentally surgery, right, onto her, split her wide open. Yes. And... um. She is still dealing with the repercussions of that till this day. But the book doesn't tell you that. It just makes like, hey, isn't this great? I am jazz. I'm a boy girl. Yeah. Right. So, you know, let me add to that real quick. So, yeah, you're exactly right. A uh, couple things from a medical perspective. Number one, of course, we know that, that post-op, the, these procedures do not give you functional 
functional body parts, right? Right. Uh, in fact, actually, it's very dysfunctional. Yeah. We know that for a fact, and your point is, is well taken, that the blockers cause all kinds of other problems. And then also what, what people don't know, and, and you'll often hear misquotes from the LGBTQ community saying that, oh, if we don't do this, these kids are going to commit suicide. Actually, that is a false statement. Right. The research is crystal clear that actually it's post uh, this transition period when so many young people realize they have made a disastrous decision that has frankly destroyed their life forevermore that now their suicide rate accelerates dramatically. Right. right. That group has a higher suicide rate. Absolutely. Than any so, other group. Yeah. And again, it also goes back to the fact of why, you know, that why they're going for our children is because they don't have the cognition skills to make good effective That's decisions. Right. They do not have the historical experience perspective to frame their decisions. There's all kinds of reasons. And then the last thing I'll tell you from the spiritual aspect is um, I would encourage everybody go to the, the satanic church of America's website. Wow. And look at, the statue, the image of the right. statue yep. that's in it's got the, the two church little of Satan. Children. Is and it Baphomet? It's got Satan sitting on a, on a throne, and it has two little children on his left and on his right looking at him, adoring him. Because, again, Satan, as well as the, these people who want to destroy us and destroy God, and that's really what it's about. It's about destroying God. That's right, and um, his image. And his image, right. They know, they clearly understand. The Marxist communists who are attacking America clearly understand that children are indeed the number one target sure. without question. Well, that's that's also why we're encouraging. I just saw on somebody's that there's this woman, I don't know who she is. She's encouraging women to um, who take the abortion pill. Are you 486? I don't know if that's what it's called. I think that's what it's called. Um, to catch all of this in something, in a bowl, in a jar, and then um, to lay it at a a self-created altar yes and and to dedicate that to whomever your god is um <laughs> jesus doesn't want that okay yeah. jesus doesn't want whatever it is you're doing it, that's not the sacrifice you're making to god that is it is a little g god but it, it's not our god it is not the lord jesus christ that you're making that sacrifice to disturbing it was really yeah. di- that you would encourage it and act like anytime you do this wait how many times are you doing this right. first yeah. of all yeah no and and alex that's why um i have chosen in my heart to focus on the faith dimension of this because yeah. uh if you do just a little bit of research you will find that every single thing that we're batting right now has a spiritual origin yes and a spiritual undertone Absolutely. with there is no question um, in fact, I challenge anybody, uh, if you will do research, you will find that it's, it is so obvious, so intuitively obvious uh, that um, you just simply cannot ignore it. Why are we the minority, though? Why are, why are the ones of us that have our eyes open to that the minority? So you brought up a whole nother discussion sorry. topic. <laughs> that's she okay. did. She, she's just trying to start her own podcast down there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother discussion, actually. Um, I will tell you this. Um, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and give a plug for two resources uh, that I encourage everyone to get. Um, the first one is some, a, a video uh, called Enemies Within the Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a two-hour documentary. It's long, but it's, it's amazing. Um, Are you going to see Trevor with his accent yes, like he was yeah, talking about? Yeah, um, and it, it will go over uh, the infiltration of Marxist communists and, and, and really um, – uh, the aspect of uh, of 
creating a false gospel within the church today, which we are now suffering from uh, culturally. And then the other great set of videos uh, are two videos done by Curtis Bowers. Uh, the first one is called Agenda, and the second one is called Agenda 2. And I don't mind promoting either one of these because um, you will not find a more concise summary of the battle. And his that, name was Trevor, you said? Curtis. No, no, no Curtis, Curtis Bowers. Bowers. Um, mm -hmm. And the videos were done a few years back, um, but uh, Curtis Bowers, and you can look them up, curtisbowers.com. Um, these two videos, um, and each one's about an hour and a half long, roughly. They're documentaries. Um, are the single, in my opinion, one of the single greatest overall summarizations of the battle we're facing in America through the venue of Marxist communism. And let me explain real quick why this, why Marxist communism is so important for us to understand. Mm -hmm. So we have two enemies that we're facing. The first enemy is internal. And it started back with Satan. Right. And this enemy is the internal self-centered desire for power. That's it. So it caused Satan to fall. It's what causes people to become tyrannical. Any person who, whether through wealth, power, you name it, whatever, now has the ability to really become tyrannical in their own nature and desire will always look for one thing to force their will on other people. That's right. And that one thing is called government. Mm. Yep. Government. And so Marxist communism, and you can say, you can call it communism, you can call it fascism, socialism, they're all just different versions right. of tyrannical, tyrannical government systems. Those systems, they are literally the ultimate trip on allowing a one person to force their will on everybody else. That's to right. make one person the tyrannical leader and everybody else slaves. That's right. And that literally is what we are battling. And Curtis's, Curtis Bauer's videos will actually go to that and show you that. And they will show you the, literally the agenda that they're executing and why we are where we're at today. Well, you know, I, a lot of people don't know this, but I travel with our family uh, around the country, United States and Canada, selling Christian educational material. And the very first verse we would start with was Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. And so you see here that they finally get to the promised land, right? You think that's the end of the story? No, the story is very simple, that we need to teach our children diligently. The way we keep the promised land is to, to everywhere we go, we talk about this, right? That they have to learn this heritage. And you can see, again, it's the one who trains up the child that it's going to be the one who rules, okay? Their kingdom will be brought to earth. And so this is where we have abandoned our children. And you can see, like you said, the children... I mean, the parents didn't know what the parent, what the children were learning until they were all of a sudden home, right? And you see, you see this this connection that we have, we really are not being a steward of our most precious possession, which are our children, yep. and that is the number one goal. And this, of course, the family destroying the family is that fabric of society. If they destroy that, they get to remake everything in a new image and start from scratch. And that's why they're trying to 
you know, destroy the family is really the, the number one target. And now we see them coming in and interfering with parents' rights Correct. all around the world. We still have it the best here in America of anybody else, but you can see that happening as well. Yep. And, and one more quick comment, you know, so, um, you know, uh, President James Garfield um, back in 1876 uh, gave a speech, uh, and I'm paraphrasing now, but in his speech, he made it clear that in relation to governments, if our government is immoral and unethical, it is because we, the people, have allowed it to be so. It's true. And if our government is moral and ethical, it is because we, the people, have required it. Right. Okay? So what that should tell all of us is that um, we, the people— are the ones that have to take the action. Remember, the government, according, we are a republic. We're not a democracy, right? Um, uh, we are the governing citizens. We American citizens are the are the ecclesia. The word ecclesia means the governing citizens of a nation, state, or country. Um, and we are the ones who are the kings and lords of this nation. Under the authority of God himself. That's right. That is what our Constitution and Declaration of Independence and the Federalist Papers make very, very clear. And so we must take action to establish our expectations and hold those that we have elected to simply represent our interests Mm -hmm. to make sure they're doing that. And then the final thing is we have to, as the moral majority, because we really are, I mean, when you think about it, good, normal, average, standard people are really the majority we are the challenge is we're just too quiet right right and so we have to raise our voices which by the way is something we should do and if we're christians if we're christians we have an additional responsibility proverbs twenty five twenty six states that the righteous that's that's anyone who has faith supposedly are like a polluted well Mm. When they allow evil to prevail. Okay? Mm. And remember, a polluted well is not just something that smells. It is poison. It destroys people. Um, Proverbs 25, 5 also says, um, remove the wicked from the king's, essentially, presence or court, and the king will rule in righteousness. So Mm. we biblically have a responsibility to oppose evil in every dimension, and we have a responsibility to ensure that wickedness is not a part of the governance of our society. You know, and when you teach Bible prophecy, this issue comes up because the first thing people want to talk about in the first session is, why do I need to know any of this, right? Because I'm not going to be here. And of course, our answer to that is very simple, that depending on when and why, what, where, and how that happens, somebody's still here. And so, therefore, we should be talking about it. But the other thing is, is that we end up bumping into something called fatalism. And that is because the Bible said this is going to happen, this is all inevitable, and we can't really do anything about that. Correct. What do you think about that, Jim? Oh, yeah. So, no, it's terrible. <laughs> so, there, there is multiple false perceptions. And I'll tell you just the three main ones that I deal with regularly. Uh, the first one is that we have obedience to all government. That is not true. That is biblically unsound. Uh, we can talk about that more. Um, but uh, we have obedience to godly government. That's right. Okay? Romans 13.4 makes it very clear when you understand and study that government's intent, first of all, was designed by God. 
and it was designed to do God's will, not man's will, God's will, okay? And if it wasn't, then in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, why did Peter tell the Sanhedrin, who, by the way, represented both the spiritual and the civil government of Israel, why did he tell them, I will serve God over you when they told him to do something that was ungodly. And oh, by the way, if we as Christians believe that we have to have absolute obedience to any government, then I would tell every single church and ministry in America, you must immediately stop any missions that you have going to any country that according <laughs> to their country's law says that, that Christianity is illegal because you are violating the, the laws of a government. Well, you know, when, I, you, when you talk to some of these people and they, you start to tell them about the persecution and how negative things are happening, a lot of people will like drop out and basically say, well, this God's just going to use this. And I heard you address this question the other yeah. day, and it's a common thing that mm-hmm. I run into. And this, this is all part of their fatalism, if you will. Right. Yeah, there's, so there's, I mentioned the first argument. There's two more. Uh, the, the second argument is that, indeed, um, uh, you know, I, I've been told that, um, you know, Jim, uh, revival comes with persecution. Yep. And, and certainly that's true because it forces those who actually do have faith to, to stand up. However, that argument as a systemic application of what the church has to do in the face of oppression is absolutely in, in, inaccurate. And, in fact, I tell those folks, go ahead and sell that theory to the millions upon millions of people who have been brutally murdered by tyrannical governments. You, se- you sell it to them and convince them that that's true, and then I will go along with you. And then the final thing is, is that, um, like you said, some people believe because, yes, we know in, in Revelations in the end times there will be a point in time where it's all over. God will, there's even a part in Revelations where God gives Satan authority over the earth for a short period of time, yep. right? So here's the challenge. Um, I, I'm not God. Me neither. I'm not responsible for, for what God is doing. I'm responsible for what God told me to do. Amen. That's right. So what has God told me to do? First of all, he told me to rule and reign. That's right. That command was given in, in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, he made me his Jesus's ecclesia, mm. the ruling and reigning citizens of a kingdom, God's kingdom, and really every kingdom because everything falls under God. The spirit rules the physical. Okay, and then finally, he told me, Jim, you're supposed to be salt and, and light. light. I'm supposed to be the influencer of the world. I'm supposed to oppose evil not allow it to exist. So for anyone who thinks that those commands have now been negated because at one point in time, God's going to judge the earth, that's simply not biblically sound perspective. It's simply not. I do what I'm told to do. God does what he does. And in the military, we learn that strategy. You know, in the military, especially military operations, as a subordinate member, officer enlisted, I am, I am told I must obey the lawful orders of those appointed over me. I don't have to understand the, the larger strategy. I don't. I'm supposed to fulfill what I'm ordered to do. Why? Because often everybody can't understand every dimension of the greater strategy. 
So it's important for them to simply complete their part of the puzzle so that the larger strategy can be executed. The same thing with Christians. We are supposed to be obedient to what God has told us to do, not to try to figure God out and take on his job. Well, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue this back to you, but when I think about salt and light, people always forget that salt wasn't just used for taste, that it was used as a preservative. And then you think about this idea that we are supposed to be fighting the decay within our society. And then you think about when Jesus says, but if the salt has lost what, right? It's usability, it's taste, all right. of this stuff. It's not good for anything. Right. And this is what's happening. We're, we're saying, show me your faith by what? <laughs> Give me some kind of works here. Absolutely. We have people that are saying, I have all this faith, and they don't. there's no works to match. And so I re, I re, when I heard you speak uh, the other day, you were talking about how the, was it Revelations 21? Yes. And uh, so tell us about that, where the, the cowards. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, so two things real quick. We have to realize we are in a war, okay? We are in a battle. Um, and, and many people forget about that. And actually, most churches don't talk about that. They don't talk about the battle part. They don't talk about the judgment part. They don't talk about the armor of God. Um, uh, they don't talk about, you know, Psalms 144, 1, where, where, where David said, I praise God, my rock who prepares my hands for battle and my fingers for war, okay? Um, mm. So um, uh, we have to realize that um, uh, we are in a battle, and there's no room for observers. Mm -hmm. There's no room for compromise. There's no room for cowardice, mm. okay? Now, I am a, I am a combat veteran. Okay, I've been in combat. It's not fun. It's, it's scary. But you know, bravery is not something that we're necessarily born with. Mm. It is when a person is faced with a hard reality and they realize that they must rise to, the, to an occasion. Okay? Mm. Amen. That's, that's what it is. It's that decision. So it's very interesting, I find, for all of us have to get engaged in the, in the battle. And it's very interesting in Revelations 21, verse 8. Uh, first of all, in the first part of Revelation 21, God's talking about the glory of heaven. Woo, it's awesome. Let's but, go. But then he flips the coin over. It's interesting, first of all, that he flips the coin over. And then he says, who will not be in heaven wow wow and why you know why did he do that well because you got to have both sides of the fence god is a god of love he's also a just god you got to have right. you got to have both you can't have just one or the other and then what's interesting is is that when the god lists the people who will not be in heaven he doesn't start with the murderers he doesn't start with the adulterers he starts with cowards Sounds like lukewarm to me. <laughs> cowards. Cow the cowards mm. will, will not be in heaven. Now, we can go into a long Bible study of what that means. Right. But it's, it's obvious God does not care for a cowardice spirit. Mm -hmm. And then I'll finally turn to Revelations chapter 3 with the Church of Philadelphia, where God praised the Church of Philadelphia above mm. all of the churches. And it was because they, they really did three things. And you have to go into a little, little study to get all three dimensions. First of all, they, they held and they upheld God's word. They kept God's word. Number two, they defended 
his word. Okay, they, that's a warrior role. Okay, mm-hmm. and then third, they did not deny his name. Okay, and in fact, at the end of that section, God even says, "Because you have done these things, I will deliver you from the persecution that's coming to the earth." Interesting. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I, I do believe in a rapture, and that particular church is. Um, you know, one of the best candidates for it. So you think about the people that might be spared something, right? That's specifically what comes out in that passage, right? So these these are the hopes that we have inside of us. But we also have this other command, and that is to occupy until he comes. Absolutely. And I think that's really the bottom line, that when you get into this, you know, you have to realize you got to be into your faith. You have to be into as long as you're alive, you're here. Yeah, let me add to that. This is this is a this is a concept that that is often misunderstood and misrepresented. The commandment that God gave us in the very beginning was to take what dominion mm-hmm. over all the earth. God never took away that command ever. Okay, so I would sure. ask you, sure. go into Webster's Dictionary or whatever, and look up what the word dominion means. It means to literally have absolute control and authority. It means to dominate, okay? And people say, oh, golly, that's tyrannical. Well, it's only tyrannical if it's all about you. Hmm. When you dominate for God's kingdom, it brings about love, peace, joy, truth, freedom, salvation so god has told us as the children of god as the ecclesia of his kingdom that we must be dominating we must influence the world not have the world influence us however probably for the last 50 plus years of our lifetimes we've been told the opposite so (laughs) you know you you talk about doing that brings love joy uh, freedom in christ that's a different that's definitely not i mean just look at the world today is that what we're experiencing is are we experiencing that love that joy uh no 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 the truth i mean we've redefined what truth is acceptable and what truth is you can't speak the truth anymore because it's offensive to someone somebody that says i'm a i I just saw this the other day i'm a they them or i'm clown or clown self no, you are a clown. I will I will refer to you as clown if that's what you'd like. But, uh, you know, and this other girl, she had on this dog leather mask, and she's like, I like to be referred to they, them, or dog or dog self only. What? Yeah. What are men trying to chest feed? Yeah. What are we doing? So, so remember, uh, I'll go back to Revelations real quick again. So in Revelations, you know, God tells us that in the end times, it will be like Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, that's what totally. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, so my last piece to this is for all men and women of faith is, listen, I, I don't know the day or the hour. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going to say that I ever would, nor do I want to, because that's God's job, not mine. Right. That's right. But I will tell you this. If, if you don't think that we are certainly, by rational thought, Closer to that point of rapture and revelation and the end of the world than we were yesterday, right. then then you need to think about that. Right. You know? I mean, how else do you explain no longer calling pedophiles pedophiles because they find that personally offensive and it keeps that 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 sort of idea of prosecution against them. Now they're called maps, minor Sir. attracted persons. Yeah. So so again, this goes back to uh, a book 
that, um, that uh, is worth mentioning, and it is a book called The Naked Communist. Oh, yes. Written yeah. I by... I think we're going to bring this up in the next session, Oh, is it? Too. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. So, yeah, so, we don't, so don't worry. I know we're just about out of time yeah. here, but trust me, we will go back to yeah, that book because we're going to talk into it. So, uh, well, well, everything you just mentioned, Alex, is part of the communist agenda, mm. specifically. Really? Yes, specifically. You no, know, the whole gender confusion ideology... So as we get to wrap up here, we're going to say a little quick prayer. But I just wanted to tell, of course, most people know we cover a lot of the narratives and why we believe that we are coming towards the end of human history. And so these are things that we cover all the time. But you can see from anybody's perspective here, we are seeing a change in the order. And there's really been no country that's lasted really almost as long as we have. There's never been a greater country. There's never been a greater level of quality of life. There's never been this is worth a, standing up for. a more godly nation. There has never been a nation that sent so many people around the world. And this is our life. This is what was given to us. Do you want to be the generation that doesn't have something better to hand to your children? And I think that's the question that we all all face. Yep, I concur wholeheartedly. Yep. yep. I acquiesce. She does. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what did you want to say, sweetie? I also just want to say that if you've been listening to this and you've heard of uh, the general's miraculous conversion and you want that for yourself, it's really simple. Just ask Jesus into your life. Just do you know who Jesus is? He is our Savior. He lived and died and came again three days later. And he is still, the Bible is still alive. God is still alive. Just ask. I mean, ask any, you can send messages to us if you have any questions about this. But if that's what you want, all you have to do is let Jesus know. Pray. Just tell him, thank him. Uh, repent of your sins and welcome to the family. That's, that's right. all it takes. You know, I can't forget what you said, Jim. You know, like, I, I wish I had something that I could depend on, you know, because I don't seem to have anything to depend on. And when we reach out to God like that, you know, he has already done everything on the cross to make that an instant communication with you. So, uh, Jim, well, I guess we're going to wrap it up here, but do you mind praying us out here today? Sure, absolutely. So, um, Father God, we come before you now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and we thank you first and foremost for what you've done for us mm. through your eternal plan, through uh, Christ uh, on the cross, who truly paid the price that we could mm. be united as children of God and be mm. called and considered joint heirs with mm. Jesus Christ forever. Mm. What an awesome thing, Daddy. So, Lord, we ask that that would go forth from this discussion, that you would touch the hearts mm. and minds of those, Lord God, who uh, have a desire to know you and make them all you desire them to be. Amen. God bless each one of you. Can't wait to hear the next one. Hey, this is Dr. Kevin, and I wanted to tell you about a product we've been using in our office for quite some time. It's called Pro Tandem. I'm actually using the Tri-Synergizer myself. Now, most people don't know I'm actually a nutritionist, so I could practice in any state in the country. But as it turns out, when I turned 50, I wasn't able to actually solve my biggest issue which is that my thyroid was tanking on me. And as it turns out, it's a very difficult thing to actually treat. Now, I did get a little bit better when I first started to treat myself. Then I went with a nationally known nutritionist. Again, very marginal results. And then a friend talked me into trying Pro Tandem. I went on the Tri-Synergizer 
So why did an anti-aging program end up being the trick to fixing my thyroid? Well, as it turns out, as we age, a lot of our functions just start diminishing. And this is how Protanum not only did it boost my thyroid, but it also boosted my testosterone. We saw my blood pressure go down. We also saw that the cholesterol went down. So these are some tangible results that can get people off their medications and really prolong your life. All you have to do to research Protanum is go to supernaturaljunkies.life lifevantage.com and each one of those purchases will help the supernatural junkies continue to share not just Jesus with the world but also life and life more abundantly.